0: Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited that you're here. We're excited that it's Christmas. Let me welcome those that are joining us online. It's really encouraging that when you see a lot of empty seats here, you also know that there's people watching online right now joining us live. But the beautiful thing of that is that they can join us later as well. So if they went to the Titans game, uh, they can catch it later this afternoon or they can catch it anytime this week. So we welcome those people who are joining us there. Hey, I want to tell you something uh, that you... May or may not realize it. It was about six weeks ago that I stood here uh, and surprised many of you to tell you that after 18 years uh, we didn't have any heat. Uh, we put brand new units in when we renovated this space. Uh, we renovated. It was just a nasty warehouse, and we completely, with the help of lots of great people, we built this out and. Put in new heating and air. We have a net, what I call a net lease where we're responsible for everything because I want to be able to control it. I don't want somebody else to be able to control it. So we have, you know, we're kind of responsible. And we've done really, really well. And then I told you the 1st of November, we lost one unit. And then the next week, we lost the other one, which were two 25 ton units. And the very first price I got on the first one that went out was $56,000. To replace it and it caught my breath and I was like oh my gosh well at least we've got one and then, <laughs> then before the week was out I think the, n- the other one went out and the guy said hey I can't turn these on because the carbon monoxide will get in the building and it'll cause people to go to sleep and then ultimately die so he said okay we won't do that <laughs> so anyway uh I came to you and I said well can I just be honest with you and tell you because I- I'm pretty transparent uh again uh I actually prayed, God, I don't want to have to tell these people we've got to raise $100,000. Can you just bring a tornado over here and just wipe the place out? We have great insurance, and we'll just start over, you know? I mean, again, so, uh, I mean, that, that is, but, you know, I mean, I'm being facetious, sarcastically facetious, but uh, there was a, just an element of truth in there. But I came to you, and I said, you know, we, we, we've got to raise the money. And what we did, what I did, uh, I, I made a couple of calls with people I'm accountable to, and I said, here's what we're going to do, and I talked to our, our team, and I said, here's what we're going to do, we're going to just go ahead and order two units on faith. Again, just believing that we'd raise the money, and <laughs> so I get emotional, sorry, I'm just trying, I'm just, it's just because you don't understand I mean, you probably do, but you really don't. But anyway, uh, we, we, we ordered two units. And show me some pictures there, Jay. And there they are on the truck right there on the right. We had two of those four, uh, those big ones there. We actually found what we needed. We couldn't find them, and we found them in Waco, Texas. So we had them shipped here. Uh, that's the crane uh, that, that actually we had to bring in uh, to, to put them in. Go ahead, Jay, if you will. Uh, there you can see the crane operationally taking... The old one's out, and that's old over here. This is new over here. So there they are going off into glory right there, the old one's right there. They're, they're riding off into the sunset. So the big thing is this morning we have, not that we really need it, but we have heat. So anyway, uh, so there you go. That's that. So let me, let me, let me tell you. It's a beautiful thing that many of you have sacrificed. What's even more beautiful to me is there are people who watch us online who have never stepped in this church, who saw the need and were obedient to whatever God called them to do. Now, let me tell you, we ordered those in faith believing that we would raise the money. And if you've looked at your worship guide, we have raised to this point $78,000 as of the date that was printed and uh, and as of this morning, uh, we have raised seventy eight thousand dollars. We need twenty two more, so we're just believing in faith that God is going to provide the other twenty two. And again, I'm just saying this morning, uh, if God is prompting you and uh, talking to you, that bill is due this week. And uh, there's I'm, you know, I'm good. And I believe it's going to come, I believe it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's just a faith thing. And sometimes you have to step out in faith because here's what we said. And I, I, I believe this with all my heart. I said it with a friend of mine. I am not going to the bank to borrow my, a dime. We're going to do it. And you have already done $78,000 of it. So we lack twenty-two. And I believe on Thursday or Friday, whenever I have to pay that bill, We'll have the money to pay it. There you go. So there you go. So if God prompts you to do something this morning, do it. And and again, uh, I I, I told you last week, I just want to put it to bed. I don't want to talk about it anymore, okay? Well, we spent the last couple of weeks talking about peace. And and again, you know, when you you think about the the subject of peace, it's a timely subject. You look at the world, it's crazy. It's anything but peaceful. But again, when you think about the word peace, you, you remember that the angels said to the shepherds, That the one who was coming was going to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And, And again, like I said, we look around at our world, and if there's anything that we don't see in our world, it's peace. Think about it. It's missing. You have the war in Israel. You have the war in Ukraine. Peace is missing in relationships. I mean, think about it. You have friends right now who are canceling friendships with other people that they've had for years simply because there's a difference in the way that they see things. They're voting right. They're voting left. If they don't vote the way I want to, then I'm just going to cancel them. So if there's anything that's missing in relationships, it's peace. Peace of mind is missing, especially during this season, as depression and anxiety are already skyrocketing, so much so. That survey, that survey that we referenced the first week, 50% of the people surveyed said, you know what? If I could just cri- skip Christmas, I would skip it. And that just validates the very fact that the enemy of your soul, Satan himself, is working overtime to try to steal the very thing that Jesus came to give us. And that's peace. Peace. This is the very reason that we've been talking about this, because I don't want you to miss out on that peace. And one of the reasons that I believe that peace is missing in many people's lives is that we don't really understand what peace is. I mean, you ask many people what their definition of peace is, and, and they'll tell you, I believe it's the absence of chaos. It's the absence of conflict. It's, it's the absence of, of, of war and chaos. But the Bible tells us that the definition of peace is really this this inner thing. It's this inner peace. It's this, this harmony. It's, it's this peace that we have even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of crazy things that are going on in our lives. So we've talked about this, this idea of peace, and we referenced a, a, a word that, that's kind of a biblical word that helps you understand where this peace really comes from. And we took it from this word that you're going to see on the screen behind me. We took it from the word shalom. The word shalom actually means it's peace, but it's wholeness. It's, it's nothing missing. It's, it's nothing broken. And we looked at Isaiah 9, verse 6, where it says that, that Jesus came to be and that, that prince, that prince of peace. There's no void in your life that he can't fill. There's no break, broken spot in your life that he can't fill and heal But the verse that goes after that is verse 7. I want us to look at that this morning. Here's what it says, Isaiah 9, verse 7. It says, the greatness, now look at the word greatness, the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And again, focus on the word greatness. Because that word really means that there will be an abundance. There's a greatness in quality. It's, it's without boundaries or limits. The thing that we need to understand is the peace that Jesus came to bring is excessive. And that's the very peace that is available to all of us right now, today. So Jesus actually delivered on the promise of bringing peace to this earth, that he actually was the Prince of Peace. Now, the thing that's interesting is that Jesus didn't do what people really expected him to do. They, they wanted this, this coming Messiah to come to the earth and to actually set up a political kingdom. But Jesus actually came to bring peace with God to us. And anyone that would receive a relationship with Jesus, that, that is the person that could experience the very peace that we're talking about. Jesus didn't come to bring us just peace with God, but he came to bring us the peace of Of God. So when Jesus left this earth, he sent the Holy Spirit so that this peace that we're talking about would not be limited to just one area of the world or it would not be available to just one group of people, but this peace would be distributed to the citizens of a heavenly kingdom. To those that are in Christ, we can have the Spirit of God living in us because peace isn't the absence of pain peace isn't the absence of chaos it isn't the absence of conflict but it's the presence of his holy spirit it's the presence of the holy spirit living and dwelling in us this spirit that we carry with us in whatever storm that we might be walking through look at what it says in john chapter 16 verse 33 It says, I have told you, these are the words of Jesus, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace because in this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Take heart. Why would we take heart? Because Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So we have access to this, to this peace. We, we have access to this overcoming peace. This is what is available to us so that we can carry that peace, that peace into any situation. We have his presence and his power that we carry with us into any situation. And this is exactly the reason why Satan is trying to steal from you the very thing that Jesus came to give you. That's why, Jesus, that's why Satan is trying to rob you of your peace. Because if he can, then Satan knows that if he robs you of your peace, then when a storm comes into your life, he knows that he can take you out. Because where there is no peace, there is no victory. Where there is no peace, there is no strength, just weakness. And whether you see it or know it or realize it, there is an unseen battle going on right now for your peace. And we actually find the details of that battle in Ephesians chapter 6, where, where, where I want us to look at what it says. Because again, you, you've walked in here this, many, this morning, many of you, and you're facing a battle. I mean, this is the time of year when we have all kinds of battles, financial battles, relationship battles, health battles. But the thing I want you to understand this morning is this. The battle that you're facing, it's, it's not a person that makes you mad. It's not even an addiction that you deal with. But look at what we find in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Here's what it says. It says, our battle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the, the powers of this dark world. Can anybody say dark world? Dark world. Against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There is right now around this building an unseen battle that's happening. And this battleground where this war is actually being fought It starts right here in our minds. Think about this. Every battle that you've ever fought, every sin that you've ever committed, every argument that you've ever started, every addiction that exists, whatever it might be, It actually started out as a thought. It actually started in our minds. Now listen to what I'm saying. Our thoughts are the birthplace of our actions. Our thoughts are the birthplace of our actions. Our thoughts are the things that actually fuel the the actions and the attitudes that we have. It's your thoughts that actually right now are shaping your life. So that simply means, listen, listen, listen. You can't have peace in your life. Come on now. You can't have peace in your life if you don't have peace in your mind. You can't have peace in your life if you don't have peace in your mind. So here's the thing. If we're going to experience victory in any area of our life, then we have to understand that it actually starts in our minds. And if we're going to experience victory, then we have to come up with a battle plan. We have to come up with a battle strategy for this war, for the peace in our minds. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul actually talks about what we need to do to prepare for this battle. And what's really interesting is he references something called the armor of God. Now, again, I told you last week, and I know we got some people visiting. And let me just say this. I know Julio maybe have, uh, had alluded to this. Uh, we just chose to kind of break it down, just me and him today. That was intentional, getting ready for Christmas Eve. So we normally have a band, lots of loud, good, beautiful music, lots of worship. But it was just gonna, we're just going to break it down, getting ready for Christmas Eve. But, but, but in thinking about that and, and looking at what we're doing this morning, I told you that this is going to be a different Christmas message than probably what you've ever heard. But the reason why I wanted you to hear this message today is because it's important. Paul tells us about the armor of God. And, and, and Paul tells us that, that when he talks about the armor of God, <clears throat> that we have to put on the helmet of salvation. That that we have to guard our minds from thoughts that are coming in from this world. And Paul references the helmet of salvation. He also says that that we have to hold up the the shield of faith. He says we have to be ready for the the things that we know that the enemy is going to throw at us. We need to believe that God is who he says he is and that he will do exactly what he said he would do. And then he also says that we have to, that we have to put on the, the, the belt of truth. And we have to say, do you smell what the Lord is cooking? <laughs> kind of the same thing, you understand? You have to put on the belt of truth. You have to know the truth of God's word. So that you can actually combat the lies that you know that the enemy is going to throw your way. But then right in the middle of all this, when Paul is talking about the armor of God, he says something that's interesting. He says that you need to stand firm. So he goes on talking about how we do that. And and he honestly talks about a piece of armor that... That probably kind of gets pushed to the side in most messages when we talk about the armor of God. This is something that doesn't get a lot of attention. It kind of gets skipped over. But, but look at what he says in verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 6. He says, Having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace. Now think about that. In preparation. In preparation for what? In preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness that's produced by the good news. It's the gospel of peace that's going to help you be ready, prepared to fight when the battle comes. You don't know when the battle's going to come. But the battle will come, and it's the gospel of peace that will allow you to be prepared to fight the battle when the battle comes. And and the people that Paul was writing in Ephesus, which is really interesting to me, they would have been very familiar with all of this imagery that Paul uses when he starts talking about the army of God because they were used to seeing a Roman soldier every day. They they knew what all of these pieces looked like. I, I don't even have them all up here, but I just have a few of them. But they were familiar with that because they saw Roman soldiers every day. So when Paul talks about strapping on the gospel of peace, he would actually be talking about these sandals that I want you to see on the screen behind me. Jay, there you go. Those are actually available on Amazon. I tried to get them, but I couldn't get them here fast enough. These are actually the sandals that he was talking about. That's the footwear that the Roman soldiers would have worn. And and these sandals are actually called caligae, C-A-L-I-G-A-E. And it would be these sandals that would give the Roman soldiers a huge advantage over their enemies. Because look at the bottom of those sandals. On the bottom of those sandals you find hobnails that went through the sole of the shoe and came out on the bottom of the shoe. It's the hobnails that would have allowed them to, listen, 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 stand firm when they were in the battle. Because the nails would grip the ground. The nails would give them traction and stability when things got tough, it's the shoes, the gospel of peace, that protected them and propelled them into the battle. So what this is telling us is that we don't get to choose the battleground. We don't even get to choose the battle, but we do get to choose the gospel of peace. To guard us so that we can stand firm when the enemy attacks us. That's the good news of the gospel that Paul is talking about. Because of the good news of Jesus. Listen to me this morning. We don't have to be prisoners of our past mistakes. We don't have to be prisoners of our past failures. Because of the goodness of Jesus, we don't have to be prisoners of our toxic thoughts and our thought process. We don't have to be held hostage by an addiction or a problem that kind of has a tendency to hold us back. See, the good news of the gospel is that we don't have to fight for victory, but we fight from a position of victory because Jesus has given us everything that we need to win the battle in our mind over the enemy. And that's what it means to be prepared with the good news of the gospel. Now, some of you are thinking, well, that sounds really good, Randy, but I don't even know where to start. How, how do I even start? And if that's the way you're thinking, I'm glad. Because the first thing you have to do in this battle is just to acknowledge that there's a battle. There's a battle going on in your mind. There's an unseen battle happening in this world. Let me me put it another way. The first thing you have to do is you have to prepare for a fight. We have to wear the right shoes so that we're going to be able to stand firm when the battle comes. And that's great advice because it doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in. Think about it, ladies. Think about it. Shoes make the outfit, right? Come on, women. Come on. Shoes always make the outfit. Anytime I have been held back at home with my wife or my daughters trying to figure out what they were going to wear, it's always the shoes. Do these look good? What about these? It's always the shoes. And especially in what we're talking about this morning. Because wearing the right shoes is going to make the difference between defeat and victory. So that means that we have to put on our fighting shoes. We have to prepare for the battle. Here's the second thing that we have to do. We have to be aware of the weapons that the enemy is going to use. We have to be aware of the weapons that the enemy is going to throw our way. And many times we have so many things going on in our life keeping our minds off of the good things of God. We have all these things happening to us, relationship issues, health issues, financial issues, these distractions that actually keep our minds off of the good things of God. All we can see is anxiety. All we can see is worry. We have these toxic thoughts that take up space in our minds and they consume our minds, and whether or not we know it or not, they're impacting the way that you live your everyday life. I mean, think about it. They can be thoughts about somebody who hurt you. They hurt you, and now you've got to figure out how you're going to respond. You have thoughts because of something you saw on television. Or maybe there was a Christmas party last night and everybody got invited but you. And we have these things happening in our mind. And let me tell you, when you have these things happening in your mind, that's when we lose perspective of what's truly going on. They rob us of the good things of God, they rob us of our peace. They rob us of our joy. They rob us of our perspective. So we have to have a battle plan. We have to have a battle strategy. Look at Proverbs 4, verse 23. Here's what it says. Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. In other words, you, you can't have a positive life with a negative mind. You can't have a positive life when you have a mind full of negative thoughts. And see, here's the thing we need to understand. This is not just emotional. This is physical. Science says that when you focus on thoughts of anger and resentment, That over time, those thoughts produce a steady flow of toxic chemicals from your brain that eventually attack your immune system. Some research has found that as much as 75% of illnesses can be traced back to our thought life. Research has also linked toxic thoughts. Now think about this to chronic illnesses like heart disease, diabetes, diabetes, however you want to pray it, say it, and cancer. And it's these toxic thoughts that not only destroy us emotionally. But what we have to realize is toxic thoughts destroy us physically. Research also says that our mind and our body are critically connected. But the great news is this. Listen to the good news. The good news is this. If our thoughts are powerful enough to get us sick, come on now. Then they're powerful enough to get us healthy. And that's a beautiful thing. Science has found that healthy thoughts can lead to a healthy body. So you have to think about what you're thinking about. I get up every morning, my, hit, my feet hit the floor, and you know what I think? You know what I start thinking? I'm Brad Pitt. I'm Brad Pitt. I'm Brad Pitt. And you know what? I walk out of the house thinking I'm Brad Pitt. Look at Angelina Jolie, what she's missing now. (laughs) Because it's important what you think. We have to give thought to our thoughts. And if you remember what I said a couple of weeks ago, and that is that our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Now think about that. Your life is going to move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. Don't say anything. Don't look around. Think about the thoughts that you had this past week. Just think about some of the thoughts that you had this past week. Are those thoughts leading you into the life that you want to live? And most of the time, the answer is no. Because most of the time... The things that we are thinking are leading us down a destructive path. Even as powerful as our thoughts are, the beautiful thing is this. They do not have the power to rob us of our peace. The Word of God tells us how we can fix our thoughts. Look at Philippians 4 verse 6. Here's what it says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him. That's key. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Here's the thing by consistently putting ourselves into God's presence, prayer actually becomes a weapon in this battle that we're fighting. In other words, when we give God our anxiety, when we give God our worry, that is actually the invitation that invites God into the problem that we're carrying. Because what we just read tells us that, that thanksgiving actually initiates or activates peace. Let me read it again. Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. Thanksgiving, thanking God for what he's done, actually is the thing that activates peace in my life. That means that Thanksgiving actually becomes a weapon in this battle that I'm fighting. As I thank him for what he's done in the past. Because when we do that, it gives us hope to face the future. When we spend time in worship, it actually changes our perspective. But not only is prayer a spiritual weapon, do you know there's actual scientific proof that backs up what the Word of God says? Dr. Caroline Leaf wrote a book about this. Look at the quote on the screen. It's been found that 12 minutes a day of focused prayer can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. Focused prayer, praying focused on something. Thanking God, focusing on what's going on in your life, you know, what you're asking God for, what you need God to do, what, what, what God is saying to you. What does that say? It tells us that prayer not only moves the heart of God, but that prayer actually changes the chemistry of our brain. And it actually gives new meaning to to something that we already know that is actually found in Romans 2, where it says that we're no longer to be consumed by the patterns of this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And how does that happen? It happens in what we just saw. It happens through prayer. Prayer is the weapon. Thanksgiving is the weapon. And that verse in Philippians that we just read, it goes on to say that when we pray that God's going to give us peace. Look at at verse 7. Here's what it says. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Guarded. Our hearts and minds are going to be guarded. And again, that word guard is actually a military term. It means that the peace of God is going to build a wall and a fortress around our mind. And that's the protection that we need based on what we know that the world is going to send our direction. What the culture is telling us. We need protection from the actual lies that we believe about ourselves. We need protection from the lies that the enemy is telling us. I mean, think about the enemy, what he tells you about God. God doesn't care about you. Look at your finances. God doesn't care about you. Look at your health. God's forgotten you. See, those are the kind of enemies that the lie will tell you. But again, when the enemy tells you those lies, we just have to remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what we remember. God has not forgotten you. God has not left you out there to, to, to go it alone. But those are the lies of the enemy that you and I need to be guarded from. And a practice that will help that is to go on the offensive. Because many times we have got to be proactive when it comes to the lies that the, enemies are gonna th- the enemy is going to throw our way. And you know, one of the ways that you can do that, one of the ways that you can be proactive, is to actually declare peace before it's even peaceful. We can declare victory before we actually feel victorious. We can declare freedom when we actually feel like we're being held hostage by the thoughts that we have going on in our minds. And one of the ways that I would encourage you to do this is by writing down declarations. A a declaration is is really realizing that there's a thought process that you have in your life, and and you identify that thought process, and then you write something down to combat that thought process. And and you write the declarations down, and you put them around your house, you put them on the refrigerator, you put them on your phone, or you put them in your car, so that you can see these declarations when you need them. I I want to share something with you this morning, uh, some of these with you, because these are the things that you need to have to combat the lies that the enemy is going to throw your way. Here's an example. When when you're having a problem putting God first, when you're having a problem with worship and glorifying God, here's, here's the way I've worded this just so you understand. This is a declaration that is written down. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify Him. He is for me, and He wants me to flourish. Maybe you have a hard time disciplining yourself to to pray and to study and to get into God's Word. Here's a declaration. I am disciplined, and I order my life to grow closer to you, God. And, And the thing that you need to understand that's important about declarations is declarations are really not about what you're doing, but they're actually more about who you are becoming. Here's another one. Because your spirit is in me, you you struggle with people. Come on, somebody. Because your spirit is in me, I will love people without reservation. And I will believe the best about them. I do not have a fear of rejection. Maybe you struggle with depression or fear. Again, this, this, this this is a declaration not for you but for me. I choose happiness, but I do not resist pain. I will do the hard thing. I will take the high road and press into the uncomfortable situations because I know this will make me more like Jesus and produce a joy that will, that will outlast today. That's a declaration. These are just some declarations. And the thing that I want you to realize Is that when you have these declarations in your own life, then these declarations become offensive weapons in the battle for your mind. Because your mind is the birthplace of your actions. When you take the time to make and write down these declarations, They become strong weapons that can expose the lie and bring them under the authority of God's word. Look at 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make that thought obedient to Christ. I'm telling you this because this is how you take thoughts captive. I'm telling you this because this is how you tear down a stronghold. And somebody says, I don't even know what a stronghold, uh, I don't even know what that is. A stronghold is when we believe a lie as if that lie were true. And let me tell you this morning, tearing down strongholds takes time. It takes time to demolish the walls that you built up. It takes time to to demolish the walls that have been built up over time. Because those habits and those thoughts have built pathways in your brain and in your mind. So what that means is that repetition is the key. The power is in the process. Again, I know this is not the typical Christmas message. But as I started preparing for this season, the thing that I realized in my own mind is there's a battle going on. And I've told you guys before, I preach from my weakness. Because I know if I preach from where I'm struggling, I'm going to get the vast majority of you guys. There's a battle going on. And I didn't want you to go through this season, the Christmas season, and miss out on this peace that's available to us. So my prayer, and and really this message specifically, is I want this message to be something more than something that's going to help you get through Christmas. I want this to be more than something that's going to get you through the next couple of weeks. I want this to be a message that you carry with you into the new year. Because can I just be honest with you? Next year's going to be hell. You can already see it happening. Am I right? Look at the political divide. Look at the cultural divide. Look at what's happening to us as Christians. Look at what's happening to our Jewish brothers and sisters. So I want you to be prepared for the battle. And as you walk into the new year, the next year, that you'll start to establish some practices that will help you be prepared for the battle. Even the battle that you right now have no idea that's coming. But now you will, listen, 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 that you will start thinking about what you're thinking about. That you will start thinking about what it is in your life that wants to rob you of your peace. But at the same time, look at, look, look at this point. Declare peace over your problem. See, that's my challenge to you today. I want you to declare peace over your problem. Right now, I'm going to ask you to identify the lie that the enemy has been telling you, and then I want you to bring that lie under the authority of God's Word. Identify the lie and do what I just did Write down some declarations. Well, I don't know how to do that. I don't know the Bible that well, Randy. How can I write declarations when I don't know the Bible? Well, I know it's going to surprise some of you that I may say this, but Google can be your friend. I think in many ways it's kind of our enemy, but it can also be your friend. And the reason I know that is because I don't know the Bible from cover to cover. And sometimes when I have a topic that I want more information on, I validate it, trust me. You can't believe everything that you read. But here, here's the thing I would, I, I would tell you to do. Just get onto your computer or get on your smartphone or whatever you use and, and, and put in Bible verses about whatever your problem is. Bible verses about fear. Bible verses about anxiety. Bible verses about financial stress. Bible verses about whatever it is that you're walking through right now. Just put it in Google and Google it. And you will be amazed with the verses that come up. It's not that hard. But once you identify the lie, you combat it with the truth of God's word. Here's the key. Listen, listen. You write it. You say it. You repeat it. And you believe it. You write it. You say it. You repeat it. And you believe it. Why why do I do that? Because the power is in the process. The power is in the repetition. Because when we think the same thought over and over again... We're literally transforming our minds. We're creating new neural pathways that will actually take the place of the old ones. Repetition is the thing that makes the things that used to be hard, it makes them easy. This is the power of the process. And this is the power of this weapon. Because listen to me this morning, battles are not won instantly. They take time. So the first one is to get your declaration and to write it down and to declare peace over your problem. Here's the second thing you need to do. Whatever you're fighting, don't fight alone. Don't do it by yourself. See, I'm here to to tell you this morning that I know that many of you are fighting a battle right now. Many of you are fighting a, a battle with depression. Some of you are fighting a battle with fear. Some of you this Christmas are actually fighting a battle with grief. And if there's anything I need you to hear right now on the 17th of December of 2023, is you're not fighting that battle alone. But your brain does not function properly if your brain is not plugged into other relationships. You need a relationship with God, that vertical relationship. And you need a relationship with God's people. Because God's people are the people that will fight with you. I mean, I said it last week, your horizontal relationships and your vertical relationships have to be right. You have to let other people know. You need to invite other people into the battle that you're fighting because nobody fights the battle alone. See, that's the other thing that's interesting about those sandals that the Roman soldiers wore. Because the cool thing about those sandals were actually the hobnails on the bottom. See, it it was those hobnails. They didn't just let one individual stand firm. But when those Roman soldiers would line up in battle together, it would help them hold the line against the enemy. And it happened when they stood together. Crossroads, listen to me. When you fight together, it will help you hold the line so that no enemy can break through. There's something else about those shoes, too, that the Roman soldiers were. There was war. There was this intimidation factor because, you know, all those nails on the bottom. See, when 10 soldiers would be coming, That's 20 feet, 10 people times two is 20 feet. It oftentimes sounded like there were 100 soldiers because it was the nails that were actually hitting the ground that intimidated people. And it makes us realize that the only battle that's unwinnable is the battle that you fight by yourself. So this is what you need to know. There's strength when we fight together. You know, I want to pray this morning specifically for some of you. Because I've been talking for the last three weeks about this peace. And you can't really relate because you don't have peace with God. And the reason you don't have peace with God is because you've never started a relationship with God. And everything that we've been talking about, peace with God, having all that peace with God, it's foreign to you. So this morning, I want to pray specifically for you. And then for the rest of us, as we walk into this Christmas season, I just want to pray peace over all of us. Would you bow your heads this morning would you pray with me, please? God, we're so thankful for this place that we call Crossroads. Thankful, God, that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you are worthy to be praised. Thankful, God, that you made a way when there didn't seem to be a way. That you sent your son, Jesus, in whom we can have a relationship with. Believing that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do. Forgive us of our sin. Be the Lord and the leader of our life. That if we return to, or if we turn to him and repent of our sins, that we can experience this peace that we've been talking about the last three weeks. And not only that, God, we can spend eternity with you. I don't know where you are this morning maybe right where you are you just need to just in your own words reach out to God asking Him to look your way to examine you to forgive you of the life and the sin that you've been living just to cleanse you so that you can walk in what the scripture calls that new life because I guarantee when you repent of your sin and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there will be a peace that comes over you that you cannot explain. It's a peace that you carry with you, even in the deepest, darkest situations that you will walk through in life. You'll have a strength. You'll have a victory. You'll have a peace that's just unexplainable. God, for the rest of us this morning as we get ready to leave this building, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice, whether it's here, listening online, or watching online, will experience a peace beyond understanding. God, that you will walk before them, that you will walk behind them, and that your hand will rest on them. And God, that peace will invade every circumstance of their life. That they will equip themselves for the battle, prepare for the fight, declare peace over the situation. God, we love you and we thank you for this time together as we ask this prayer in Jesus' name.
1: Me, summer, Lord, just on it, sung by flaming tongues above, face a mountain, fixed upon mount of thy.